But I'd like to read a passage, and I don't know if this is going to be part of the message. We'll just flow with wherever it goes here. Um, <clears throat> in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, it says, You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord your, with your, the Lord with you. See the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah of Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and worshipped him. Hmm. And the Levites of the children of, if I had a name like that, I'd change it to Stratulat. And the children of Stratulat stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. So they bowed to worship, they stood up to praise, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambush against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. The power of prophetic ministry, the power of prophetic worship, it, do you know what they had to do? He said, you're not going to fight this fight. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Can you imagine going into battle saying, his mercy endures forever, praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever, and the guy's sitting there to kill you. The difference was, God was in the praise. And I believe there was some warfare going on while we were praising this morning. And I think those who are mu musically and, and endued with that anointing ought to be aware of the fact that when you begin to sing a song of the Lord, something's happening in the realm of the spirit. And we need to not just carry on, but we need to say, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? And begin to observe exactly what is happening. Amen? Amen. I mean, they went out to war. They knew where they were going. They, they had their strategy and everything. But what God was doing was because of their praise. The power of praise, the power of worship is amazing. The praises of God 
carries with it the presence and power of the effectiveness of who he is. I had intended to share some things, but it seemed to me that God was just kind of leading us in a path here. And I, I think one of the, thing, one of the things is, is that his, his, his presence and his power and the words that he gives to worship is something that he is trying to speak to us through. In other words, when we, want, when we, when we think, well, we started singing hallelujah, why were we singing hallelujah? Because the Holy Spirit moved out of heaven from the voice of the Father saying, I want you to tell them to sing hallelujah. And when we, when, we, when we realize this, we realize this. We realize this, we realize this. You know what this is? It's a connection with the divine almighty God in heaven who has established a covenant to every generation in which the reality of it must become our experience. We cannot, in our own strength, perform this stuff. We can have a song service, sing three songs and whatever, and take an offering, but God is spirit. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, not in just singing. So worship has something to do with the inspiration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise has something to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God is going to bring you and I into an experience where his presence is going to move some enemies. His power is going to deal with some sickness. His ability will deal with your failures just in worship. Because the strategies of heaven are not necessarily the strategies of man. But when we follow biblical truth, the strategies of heaven become enacted on the earth and something happens. A verse that I was reminded of this morning was this. He says, I keep covenant with every generation. He has committed what he said to everyone that's ever born. We do not live and exist and function just in a natural realm. We are very much naturally orientated, but God is spirit. And we must be led of the spirit. We must be empowered by the spirit. We must know what the spirit is actually wanting to do through us. 
Amen? Why did I say amen? It wasn't because I wasn't sure of what I was saying. I'm looking for agreement. I have really been kind of mulling in my mind this week. Lord, you said that you would send the Holy Spirit and that he would do some things with us. And Jesus taught his disciples how the Holy Spirit would relate to them. We always look at it backwards. We look at it how I relate to the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't relate to the Holy Spirit outside of what the Lord said he would relate to you like. And he says, I'm going to go away. I'm going to send another comforter. And the word another there is one of the same kind. He is not different than Jesus. He is just like Jesus. Their purposes are the same. Their goals are the same. Their, their results are the same. Their, their heartbeat for you is the same. And it's amazing how personal the kingdom of God is because of this. He will come and he will abide with you. He will lead you. He will teach you all things. How many of us want to know all things? I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of things I don't know that I want to know. Amen? And, and it, is, it inspires me to say, God, I am so little and you're so great, but you said that this is how the Holy Spirit would relate to my life. And I want to experience it. I don't want to just know it in my head. I want to know it in my heart. And I want to know it through my life. Now, j just look at this. In, in John chapter 1, I'm going to read one verse here. Verse 16. And of his fullness, we have all received. Grace for grace. And of his fullness, we have all received. That just blows me away. Of your fullness? of who you are, we have received? Then I ask the question, where is it? <laughs> Amen? Like, where is it? Where's the fullness I've received, Lord? I want to see, I want to experience and see the reality of your fullness in my life. And by the way, it's grace for grace, not law for law. His fullness you never earned. And his fullness is actually double grace. That means I'm giving you something you don't deserve. And I'm doubling it. And I'm thinking, Lord, your capacity is so great. I, I don't even know how to explain it. But truth always brings liberal reality. Not liberal reality in the sense of mediocre, wrong thinking, but liberal meaning abundance of reality. And I've been looking for more abundance of reality in Jesus 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Father spoke the words, the Son spoke the word, the Holy Spirit inspired it, and we are living it. He paid the price for us so that we can receive it, grace upon grace, and not earn it. Believe it and receive it and let it go. Amen? Are you awake? Well, praise God. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel a little fired up this morning. I can of my own self do nothing. Here's, here's some of the fullness we received. I've, I of myself can do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I, see not my, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. The will of the Father who sent me. If we're going to follow the model, one of the greatest things you and I will have to settle in our hearts and mind, I am willing to do the will of the Father. Because the Holy Spirit has come to fulfill and carry out the will of the Father in your life. Hmm. He said this, then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Wow. Do you know what that means? Every red word in the New Testament is a teaching to Jesus from the Father. Everything, that, that verse just blows me away. Every, Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he. And I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And I, I think it's so important that we actually get taught by the Father and speak them. How did Jesus receive from the Father? Well, the Holy Spirit is the voice of the Father from heaven into the earth today. And it's amazing because Jesus says when the Spirit comes, he's going to teach you all things. You know, there's some things we will never learn from a pulpit or from a classroom or from our devotions. And that is this. You will never grow in the area of the supernatural if you'll endeavor to flow in it. There's an education in the spirit that only the Holy Spirit can teach us. I can't teach you about a word of knowledge. I heard one guy talk, uh, teaching on uh, discerning of spirits. Would you like to tell me how that works? I've tried to study it. And so one guy says, well, I just see a dark cloud over somebody. Well, maybe that's true. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit can teach us about discerning of spirits. He can teach us all kinds of things because he's been sent forth to teach. Right? And not just partial because he is the same as Jesus. And therefore, the, 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 we possess the fullness. That means we have the potential of learning all truth. Because I am the truth is in us. 
and I am the way is in us, and I am the life is in us. Everything that we need is in us. Hallelujah. God is not a God of failure. God is not a God of inability. God is not a God of some poor little old being somewhere who has nothing more to offer. He is the fullness of life, period. In him is life. Not partial life, not half life, not ever ready life, but divine, eternal power, life. And I, yeah, I just get this sense in my spirit that God is looking down on us here today and saying what? I have such potential for you that you do not know of. That you have not experienced that. That you know nothing about. That I actually want to teach you and I want to lead you into it. And so he, the Father and the Son, dispatched the Holy Spirit to come to earth and replace Jesus and lead us into all truth and teach us all truth. There are, there are limits within man, but there are no limits within God. All truth in God means all of who he is, all, of he, he know, all that he knows, and all that he can do. I don't know about you, but that's pretty big potential. Amen? I mean, that's potential that kind of blows the circuit in the mind. Let me reset that. Click. <laughs> to turn the lights back on again. And, and I'm so excited about this because I believe God wants his people to rise to a potential that is in him. Amen? Amen? A potential that is in him. A result that comes from heaven. And Here's what he said. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. He says, if I don't do the works of the Father, then don't believe me. It's like, wow. If many men serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Wow. You see, the ability of the Holy Spirit that causes us to be successful releases the honor of the Father. You're looking for honor, looking for respect. Do the will of the Father, and he will honor you. You won't have to look to man for honor. You don't have to look to man for identity. You don't have to look for, to man for connection because the honor of the Father meets all those. Hallelujah. The word of God is so rich. Sometimes it's like a cake that's so sweet you can't taste anything else. 
he first brings into an experiential relationship with him. He comes to earth and he dies and he sends the Holy Spirit. And the, the first thing he does to his disciples is he brings them into that spiritual reality. He brings them into, through teaching, and fulfilling the will of the Father, he brings the disciples into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because that's how the replacement comes. When you get born again, you're born of the Spirit. When you get endued on high, you're powered to serve. So you're born and you're empowered by the Spirit. And it's not our potential, it's not our ability, and sometimes it's not even the knowledge that we possess. But it's the knowledge he possesses, and it's the power that he possesses, and it's the ability that he has that actually causes spiritual reality to become our experience. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I actually told a man all about his life when he's sitting next to me. Now, we're evangelical people back then. We're still evangelical now, only with a Pentecostal flavor. <laughs> and I told him all about his life. And he says, how do you know? I said, I don't know. It's not what I knew. I knew nothing about the word of knowledge. I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. I knew nothing about the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't know anything. But he moved through me. Do you know why? Because I was baptized by him. Because I drank of the river. And the river began to flow. And one of the first things that Jesus brings into reality in Scripture before he dies, he brings into reality the river that will flow out of your inner being. The rivers that will flow out of your inner being. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. This is before he dies. He's bringing a teaching of reality that would come to them in the day of Pentecost. And that would follow and flow through them in history. And touch thousands of people with the gospel, with healing, with deliverance. You name it. They did it. Why? Because the comforter came. And he's no different today than he was back then. Truth never changes. Jesus said to the Father, I've given him your word and your word is truth. Truth never changes. Man eliminates truth, eliminates this thing, eliminates that. And what he does is he alters the covenant. But truth never changes. And so the first thing Jesus does, he says, you know what? If you're thirsty, come and drink. It's one of the first teachings of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. And if you drink out of your belly, not out of your brain, it's not a BB, not belly, belly, brain, it's out of your inner being will flow rivers of living water. 
not dead water. Living water, inspired words, inspired life, life-giving flow. He introduces them to that. And he says, oh, if anybody's thirsty, let him come and drink. That's kind of simple, isn't it? In fact, it's so simple, we miss it. And it's so simple, we think it's stupid or dumb or weird to sit and just drink. Hmm. Amazing. We are amazing people. And he says, he will flow like rivers out of you. This is, this is Jesus' teaching on how the Holy Spirit would relate to the believer. Are, are you a believer? This is for you. It's for me. Out of your inner being will flow rivers of living water. Not one river, many rivers. So, and he, listen to these words, he who believes in me, are you a believer? Then this is for you. As the scripture has said, not the way I think. As the scripture has said, those who believe in me, as the scripture has said, whatever you read in this Bible about Jesus, if you believe in it, if you believe in it, what does he say? If you believe in it, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. In other words, it's like this. Whatever you read that the Father spoke about me, and you believe it, and if you believe what I said, you will come to the conclusion that coming to drink is going to release a river. Like, do you believe what the Father told the Son to say? Or do we question it? So it's not about performing, it's about believing. It's not about earning, it's about believing. And believers trust and accept what was said as being fact. Is it making any sense to you? And then he said, but this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. And those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not glorified. So before he was glorified, he's doing some teaching about what's going to happen on the day of Pentecost. What's going to happen to you when the Holy Ghost comes? Wow. So it's not what I think and what I determine about how I'm going to relate to the Holy Spirit. I have to succumb to what Jesus said, how the Holy Spirit would relate to me. And I have to open my life up to what that is. Okay, Holy Spirit, teach me. Guide me. Stand by me. Show me things to come. Empower me. 
There's probably about six major things that Jesus taught the disciples of what the Holy Spirit would actually do to them. Number one, he would flow like a river. Number two, his flow, he flows worship through us to the Father. It's not amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. No, no. The Spirit has an adoration and a devotion. For instance, the fruit of the Spirit is love. What happens when the Spirit of worship is released? Love is interchanged. Peace becomes reality. Joy gets released. We, we saw this in Costa Rica. God just released joy. See, heaven, for heaven to come to earth, we must have heaven's manifestation. In order for us to realize that heaven has come to earth, there's got to be something that we see and experience. It's not a theology. It's not a set of thoughts. It's not a philosophy. It's life from Almighty God. It's a life that can never die. It's a life that changes. It's a life that's progressive. It's a life that is, has the ability to reproduce. It is living. It's alive. And so, number two is worship. If you drink, one of the rivers that flows is worship. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit has come to make you alive. The gospel, this is, a, a, Jesus said in, in John 6, 63, he says, it is the spirit that quickens or makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty clear. How much is nothing? It's nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When you read the Gospels and what Jesus spoke is life. Those words have life in them. And the Holy Spirit has come to cause his word to become the life reality that we live. Of what he actually said. Which we're doing right now. We're listening to his teaching on how the Holy Spirit relates to us. I mean... I could go through a whole bunch of stuff on the Holy Spirit. I have a little basic doctrine book about this thick on the Holy Spirit. And all the things that we can do, we can grieve the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. We can do all kinds of things. But I'm just talking about this morning, about what, how Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come and how he would relate to us. And then what is important to do is this. And this is what I have tried to do, and that is I'm going to go to the scriptures to find out how that works. And then I want to follow the model. 
So one of the things that Jesus did is he quoted Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me too. And the assignment follows. Amazing. So when I was in Costa Rica, I thought, you know what? Jesus did it. I did it. I just quoted the verse. I said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he anointed all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is telling me, proclaim liberty to that person over there. Open that prison door over there. Heal that broken heart over there. It doesn't say pray for them to be opened. It doesn't say pray for them to be healed. It says do it. Yeah. Amen? So we have to be a do it people, not a pray it people. It's like, it's like the King James says, he says, I will pray to the Father and he will send him. He didn't Go to the Father and say, oh, Father, I, I'm just asking you that if you could just, you know, send the Holy Spirit. That's not how it goes. Actually, the word means he made a request. Father, this is what I request. I request that you send the Holy Spirit upon these disciples. We call that prayer. And some of our concepts of prayer, and I keep going over this all the time in my own mind, Nelson, stop praying and start doing. It doesn't mean I don't pray. It doesn't mean I don't believe in prayer, but there are some things that we're to do. It says, proclaim the liberty, open the prison door, heal the broken heart, give all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do it. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, that, that's beyond our ability. Don't, don't think that we just go around saying things. You have to be led by the Spirit. And so this really encourages me, and it challenged me. And I'm thinking, wow, all these facets that the disciples related to him. So I try to find out in Scripture the reality of it, because I want to know. And I, I need to get going here. Number four, he has been given... To you personally. I will make the request of the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. He'll give you another advocate. He'll give you someone who will stand right beside you. He will give you someone who's actually interested in your life and leading you and teaching you and taking you into the things that the Father has for your life. Hmm. Lord, I just open myself up to that. Holy Spirit, I just yield to you, to the will of the Father. The will of the Father, that Jesus has given me the will of the Father concerning the Holy Spirit and my life. And it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. Another means one of the same kind, a comforter. One who appears in another's behalf, a counselor. Do you need counsel sometimes? You know, some, sometimes the Holy Spirit can give us a counsel in a second. He can give us advice in just a moment. He's, uh, the, the comforter is a protector. He gives protection. He gives security. That's how the Holy Spirit wants to relate to us. I want to be your security. 
I want to be what you need. I want to be your advocate. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm saying, oh, Lord, the Holy Spirit is for me. The Father sent him and said, I want you to relate to Nelson in a way that you're for him. And I'm thinking, wow, I like that. I like that when somebody says, you know, I'm for you. Number five, his relationship is one of lifelong commitment. Jesus 14, verse 17 says, That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him nor know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. Wow. Just think about that. The Father from heaven told the Holy Spirit to say this to Jesus. Tell my disciples that I'm sending the Spirit and he will be with you in a lifelong commitment. He's not here today and gone tomorrow. That's a live rabbit one day and dead the next. A hare? Number six, he is the divine witness to, to you. He's not just a word of witness, but a manifest witness. He actuates the scriptural truth into life's realities. He actually takes the scriptures and makes them real, living happenings. And there's so much in this teaching, it's hard to grasp it all in a moment. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. Wow. In other words, he is going to reinforce what Jesus said, and he's actually going to bring into reality what Jesus said you could do. Ah, gee. You know, as I read this, I just want to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Father, I, I submit to the one you sent to teach me. I yield to him. I surrender to him. My flesh profits me nothing. But your divine life and power in the Holy Ghost has everything I ever want and ever need. Wow. And what I find is this. I find this, and I have experienced this in my life. Sometimes, and years ago, when sometimes when discouragement comes, I feel like I want to give up. And that's been many times. But often laying in my bed, the Holy Spirit would come and just begin to move and speak to me. And all of a sudden, the inspiration of his life dissipated discouragement. It, it kind of replaced my fatigue. It replaced my sense of well-being. In a moment, just in a moment, 
He is so real. He is so down to earth. He is so connected to our feelings. He's so connected to our weaknesses and our failures. But he's not connected with his weakness. He's connected them with his strength. And he comes and he infuses in me. And this happened to me many times. I remember standing in my shower on a Sunday morning. Totally fatigued. Tired. I don't know about you, but I find crying is easier than a warm shower. And I would just cry. But he didn't leave me there. He didn't leave me there. I got dressed in my car, came to my office. By the time the service started, it was all gone. And he knows how to supersede our weaknesses and our fatigue and our failure. He knows how. He knows us inside out. He knows exactly how to relate to me. And he does for you too. And he longs to be your helper. He longs to be your consoler. He longs to be your strength. He longs to be your life. Do you know why? Because Jesus says he would receive from the Father for you. And your source of the Father's reality in your life is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That is just amazing. And I I get so encouraged with this because I know my weakness. I know my frailty. I know my shortcomings. I know what profits nothing. But it's only Him who supersedes it. It's only his life that is greater than all my failures, my weaknesses, my fatigue, whatever. He is greater. And there comes grace for grace. And when, when, when I just can't go no more, he comes down. And infuses me with a strength that I don't have in myself. And sometimes there's nothing I can do about it. But he can. And he did. And he still does. And he is so personal, ladies and gentlemen. He is so personal. He loves you with a love that no human can ever measure, that no person can ever replace, that no meaning can ever have greater. You know why? Because he is receiving from the Father the care, the love, the compassion, the strength, the will 
the purpose, the result, and he wants to give it to you. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. He says, he will bear witness of me. Here's what the Holy Spirit will do. This is number six. I got one more left. He will declare facts based on first-hand knowledge and experience. The Holy Spirit receives from the Father first-hand, and he witnesses to us, not on second-hand, but the first-hand, the first. He gives us what the Father's heart really is all about. He witnesses to us. And at times when I couldn't do anything, when the witness of the Holy Spirit from the Father came and gave witness to me, I could rise up and I could preach even when I got up and I had no strength in myself. It was absolutely amazing. And you know what? There's nothing. There is nothing that can do that. There is nobody else that can do it. But the Holy Spirit has been sent to make a declaration in our heart of the goodness of God, the truth, the love, the mercy, the hope, the faith, the belief. He comes, this is the word, he comes, declaration, and he says, God is good. God is good. God is for you. God is not against you. He is for you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to rise. He wants you to be what he wants you to be. And he will make you to be what he wants you to be. Just receive from him. There is a life that is beyond us. He makes emphatic declarations by an existing authority. Hallelujah. He makes absolute, absolute emphatic declarations by the existing of the authority of the Father in heaven. If I want to receive a real emphatic declaration, when I open my heart up to the Holy Spirit, He's going to come and He's going to declare things from heaven into my life, into your life that will change you. It will bring you in a dimension that you have never walked in before. Hallelujah. He will witness the truth and the factual content. Hallelujah. He will, he will witness the truth and the actual content of the gospel as revealed truth from God. Not revealed truth from man, but revealed truth from God. And that's why it's important to believe in the inspiration of all Scripture. Because what that means is the Father spoke. The Son spoke what the Father said. The Father spoke and the Holy Spirit said what the Father said. 
This is the Father talking to us. Hallelujah. And the last one is this. He will speak to you. Howbeit when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Do you realize there are three things in that verse? He will guide you into all truth. He will speak to you. And he will show you things to come. And I think the Father is just waiting for us to say, Yes, Father, I want, I want the Holy Spirit to relate to me in these seven dimensions. I, I, want, I want the Holy Spirit to come and relate to me in these dimensions. He is waiting for you just to open your heart. In your life. Say, yes, Father. I yield it. And there are times in my life, and I have to say this, there are times in my life when I thought I couldn't go on anymore. But my Father in heaven cared so much for me he didn't leave me there. He didn't leave me there. And he won't leave you there. He won't leave you there. And we have a choice. We have a choice. Where we get left. But I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking from the Father this morning, his heart towards you and the magnitude of life that he has for you. And he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's just waiting for you to open up your heart and say, yes, Lord, I want, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be taught by the Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to show me things to come. I want him to comfort me. I want him to stand right by me. Amen? And, and I believe God wants to take this church and make it a spiritual dynamite house where sickness gets blown away, discouragement gets blown away, and those who come in who have nothing can get something. Amen? And you're it. Amen? You're it. He is looking to you. He's looking to me. He's looking to his church. He's looking to those who he made a covenant with. I want to fulfill my covenant through your life. And he's just, he's just, he's just waiting there, anticipating your welcome. Say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know it's half past. I know I've gone past. And I, and I don't apologize, okay? I don't. It doesn't mean that I, that I 
dishonor David. I just, I'm so overwhelmed in my heart. What God has told me to say. And he's looking for you to come. So what I think Pastor David, we should do, come up here with me. How many of you love Pastor David? I think we should just bow before him right now. Just say, Lord, just you, you talk to him. Just, just, just do it right now. I'm not going to lead you in prayer. I want you to just bow before him right now, and I want you to talk to him about this. Open your heart up to him. Just do it. Just do it. Let it be personal. Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for telling Jesus how he would relate to us. Thank you for giving us life that supersedes all weaknesses and failures. And Father, we just, we just, we just thank you today. In Jesus' name, Amen. If, if there's anybody who needs ministry, or you want, you want to just go further with this, just come forward. And if if you need to go, that's fine too. But.